This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. Hello, 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 hello. And how's your weekend been? I've got two super guests today. Carol Pike is with me now, sitting there looking at me, very puzzled and ready. Um, I better turn her on, hadn't I? Hi, Carol. How are you? Oh, that sounds really exciting. Jackie's <laughs> turning me on. <laughs> and later on, we've got our GDPR, IR35, and all things contractual. Um, Annabelle Kay will be joining us later on. So, Carol, what have you been up to? Well, um, it's a very emotional day for me today. Today is 27 years since my mum died. And because of the impact of stroke number two, I've got retrograde amnesia. So I have no memories of spending time with her. So it's really emotional. I've been tearful yeah. this morning. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Now, as, as um, um, and we just send out a heart out to you, obviously. Just for um, our new listeners today, do you want to tell us a little bit about you and who you are, Carol? Because I know who you are. And I know where you live, so I should come and beat you up if you ever misbehave. Um, but our regular listeners obviously know about you and being the sparkle queen and everything else. But please do introduce yourself and let us know something about you. Okay. I'm Carol Pike. I'm the sparkle navigator. I'm actually the most sophisticated three-year-old you're ever going to meet. <laughs> and the reason being, stroke number two, retrograde amnesia... My conscious memory of the world and of myself is only three and a half years old, which actually means I bring a fresh perspective to everything. I'm not tied to the past and I don't live in my emotions. In fact, I've worked out how to live 100% in the now. Which is exciting because, you know, sometimes we, we struggle a bit to find out what is the now, don't we, with everything that's going on out in that big wide world at the moment and if anybody's been watching I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of the Jungle I don't suppose you have been Carol have you? I haven't no well I have to say I was we've been glued to it every night and it's been just purely because of the people who were in it and to see if in fact Matt Hancock was going to get a bashing or if he survived <laughs> I did hear something and they were asking about his future in politics I know I know and, that, and I think they were all just sort of they're at the behind the door ready for him to come in I think um, but actually the combination of the people that had on there in my opinion was opinion was actually a very very good mix on occasion over the years I've seen bits and pieces of the show and some of them can be really quite nasty and and not quite up fisticuffs but almost but they were really worked well together once they got over the perhaps obvious problems, initial problems that there might have been um, and to kick off with people jumping off like a thousand feet off the edge of this thing, just my heart was in my mouth because I am not good on heights, so how they did that I don't know um, and in case listeners don't know and you may be vaguely interested Jill of X Lionesses she actually won and is the queen of the jungle and a very well deserved finish I think and Matt came third which I think was a rightful place to him to be having got that far because he didn't he didn't stop at anything nothing phased him or appeared to phase him but you could see him 
deep breathing or whatever it was he was doing to get him through these things. But, um, yeah, no, coming back to your point about the now, what's in... Uh, I know you've just mentioned about your mum, bless her, um, and I was very privileged some time ago to actually, although I never met Carol's mum, Carol and I have known each other, we worked out about 20 years, didn't we, that we must have known each other. And sadly, I never met her mum, but I've been privileged to listen to a recording of her. And I feel I know her from that and from the things that Carol has shared with me over the years. So um, just, you know, in, in the now today, we are actually in the studio in Penge, which is the Love to Beat radio station. That's L-O-V-E-D-A-B-E-A-T radio station. I always feel like I'm the owner because he always goes... Um, Edmund Christie, he always spells it out in that way, so um, not trying to take your place, Ed, but I'd like to emulate you and your <laughs> exalted role that you actually have um, for the station, but um, the station's based in Penge, in the High Street, South East London and it's a very exciting time to be here, with Christmas and everything coming on. Our programmes are once a week, on Mondays, at 2 till 4 and following on from me is the lovely Ozzy Osmond with his indie rock. So do stay tuned after um, my programme finishes at four o'clock. So, Carol, what have you got planned for the rest of your week, given that it's Monday today? Well, I'm on an interesting journey right now. You know, as I was saying, it's my mum's um, anniversary today. But I'm also going to be 60 in January. Woohoo! Yeah, that's, that's a, a work in progress because, again, there are 56 years I don't know. And so what I decided to do was I'm doing 60 days till 60. And whilst it is my life is full of adventure anyway, it seems to be even more adventurous now that I've decided that each day counts even more because I'm actually storing up memories so that when I become 60... Whilst they don't know the 56 years, I'll have 60 days that is full of memory. What a brilliant idea. And I've seen some of your days. Were you in Oxford Street yesterday? Yes, I was. Yes. And, and did you do a little bit of retail therapy while you were there? I didn't, actually. I oh. was involved with an, a, a pop-up shop, which was the first Nigerian souk on Oxford Street. And so for eight days, that they've got Nigerian luxury brands at affordable prices and I the official opening was yesterday with the Nigerian High Commissioner oh, wow. and lots of dignitaries from there. Wow. So. How fantastic. That's amazing. How did you come to how did you come to hear about that? Or did they invite you personally or, or did you happen to see it was on? Well what actually happened was that the, the person that is responsible for creating it, I was her mentor fifteen years ago. And she reminded me of that. And that I've been involved in helping her do bits and pieces to make it come about. How important that networking thing is, isn't it? And the follow-up and the continuous staying in touch. Isn't that amazing? It is, but actually I hadn't actually spoken to her in really in, that in 15 the last years. 15 years. Oh. But she'd seen me and there'd been bits and pieces. But the oh. impact, and this is a message to everybody, that you don't know the impact that you have on somebody until afterwards so it's a bit like we live live life forward but we understand it in reverse and that I had a, such an impact on her in fact one of the things that she did say to me was that 
at the time, one of the things that I said to her was to write down what her ideal day would look like. You know, if she had a magic wand, what would it look like? And she actually said that 15 <coughs> years later, that is the day that she has now. And that that had such an impact that she was working, always working towards that. So, listeners, maybe this is a, a thing for you to do as we look at moving forward, you know, coming to the end of a year. And we need to position ourselves for the beginning of the new one. Maybe it's a great time to pause and identify how you'd like your day to be. And then look at what it is that you need to do to make that happen. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So how do you suggest we start that process, Carol? Well, I think that the first thing is, and that sometimes we forget the whole waking up is really important. And that each day that you wake up is actually a gift. Irrespective of the challenges that you are going through, what's happening in the world, what you don't have, what isn't working, the fact that you are breathing means that everything is still possible so it's that whole thing identifying when it is that you want to wake up and that your first routine as it were when it is that you wake up is to give thanks you know I, I believe in God so mine will always be to God but whoever it is that you believe whatever it is that you believe in the fact that you opened your eyes we can't take that for granted mm. so it's starting with giving thanks and then you really need to set your intention for the day because things don't happen because you're really great things don't happen because it's that time of the month or the year or that the moon there's a great moon going on actually we're in the new moon season right now but it doesn't happen because of that it happens because you get up and make it happen you know one of the things that my mum said on that whole answer machine message that she left that I kept was the world doesn't give you anything you have to go out and take and you need to decide what is it that you want and then set your intention for that and take the appropriate actions to make it happen and action is such a powerful word because so many times people will say things oh, I'm really busy I'm busy you know, I'm doing lots of Not stuff. Not I was saying when I came in today. <laughs> I'm really busy. Do you know, any word ending in ing, we've all been told, is a doing word. So there's procrastinating. <laughs> there's, I'm thinking, yes. And all of these things keep us busy. <laughs> but it's only action that moves you forward. So if you are continuously being busy, the question is, how much... Are you moving forward and because words frame our world we are calling in what it is that we don't want you know because you don't want to be busy you want to be moving in the direction of your goals dreams vision hopes desires so what actions are you taking so stop saying that you're busy and start planning your time to take action which are which are decisive steps moving towards something and I love the word action because you can split it into three and it is act, I, on. Lovely. Love it. Absolutely love it. This is the woman of words, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yes. What I didn't say was that, yes, my playground is words that deliver. I'm a marketing strategist that specializes in personal branding. And I see the personal brand as the story you tell the moment you show up 
before you've said anything. So if you think about it, if you are always saying about you or your life that you are busy, you're always going to be showing up in that way. Is that how it is that you want the world to see you? And I'm on a mission to help women in particular to discover and leverage their sparkle. I, yeah, I'm the sparkle queen. But sparkle is know who you are, understand the value you bring to the table, and then show up unapologetically on purpose. Because when those three are in alignment, magic happens. Just look at Jackie. Magic <laughs> happens. But you need to know that you are enough and that you are a value add. So when you join any room, any conversation, anything, you bring a perspective, a dimension that nobody else has. Because only you've got the combination of experience, expertise, failures, mistakes, successes and triumphs. There is quite literally nobody else in the universe like you. You need to own that and show up in that way. And essentially, that's what I help people to do, to find their message, mission and magic so that they stand out in the crowd, are magnetic to opportunities and become unforgettable in their marketplace. Wow. Wow. I hope you're all listening to that. And don't worry too much if you haven't got your pens and paper ready because, as I mentioned, we do record these shows and we've now, as 12.30, got our podcast. So if you want to hear that again from Carol, just as a reminder, and the power be actually behind that... Um, you can go to the website or you will, you will find this program recorded and it will be available to you on our podcast not this week but the next week on Thursday at 8pm so do listen in to that one and check out the others because I have I'm fortunate to have the most amazing guests on my show somebody said to me the other day but how do you get people do you have any problems getting people to come and talk on your radio show no, I don't. I'm really, really lucky with the connections that I've made over the years. And I was saying to somebody this morning that um, I, I asked them if they could help me with something. And they said, well, who is this person? Uh, and why are you actually wanting to help them? Um, and got me involved, i.e. that person I was talking to. And I said, because she's a man. And there was stone silence. No answer to that one. Because she's a mate. And that's it. It's all the connections that we've been able to make. And I am really, really lucky with the connections I've made. Um, I've got to go to a hospital appointment tomorrow and I need somebody with me. So <clears throat> I've contacted this girlfriend who had said to me, if ever you need to go on this uh, to this venue, give me a shout. So I did this morning. And she said, yes, of course I'll come with you, Jackie. And I thought, there you go. Isn't it wonderful? But I just want to say, Jackie just said that it's lucky. Okay, no it's not. It's not. Jackie, over the years, has quite literally cared about people. Jackie, if you've met Jackie, you'll know that Jackie has got a huge heart. And when she connects with people, she really connects with people. And she's not connecting because, oh, you know, I'm going to get a sale there. Or looking at it solely from that place, she connects with the person. And that as a personal brand strategist, people buy from people. So if Jackie picked up the phone to anybody that she's connected with and asks them to help, if they are able to, they will say yes. So take a leaf out of Jackie's book and start to look at 
your connections in terms of relationships and look at what it is that we need to do to foster and maintain relationships because that's what makes it happen. Thank you for that, Carol. And I have to say you're right. It's not about what I can get out of it. It is about building those relationships and I think for everybody that's so true. Now, I can see you've got something on the work surface here that's, I don't know what it is. What is it that you've actually got sitting in front of you there? Well, I thought I'd, I'd bring Because I'm looking at the reverse, so I don't know. Okay, well, it's kind of it's the same thing. Oh. What it is, is I'm realising that we move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And so when it is that we are moving in a direction that we're not happy with, we need to check what it is that we're thinking and what we're thinking about. And so I've created the Sparkle Soundtrack cards. And mm. it's really about getting you to take captive those thoughts and start to use them to help you to move forward so i've got a pack of their 14 double-sided cards and each one of them has got a statement on it for you to meditate and to ponder on and work out what does this mean to me and how can i bring that to, to being in my daily life so it could be you could use it daily, weekly, however it is that you choose to use it. And I was thinking, actually, I need to think about mine. So I've got one here that I've taken out, and it's designed to sparkle and born to shine. And that whole element of that is who I am. It isn't what it is that I do. It's who I am. And I've been designed, we've all been designed, to know who you are, understand the value you bring, and then show up unapologetically on purpose. And in that uh, um, way, there is no such thing as imposter syndrome. In fact, I want to say to everybody that's listening here, stop it. Because like lots of things that we create, we've created imposter syndrome. Because in real terms, if you go into an environment that you've never been into before, to do something you've never done before, yes, there are going to be feelings of uncertainty that you're unsure or unclear about what's going on, that's not imposter syndrome. That is that your body and your mind responding to what it is that you don't know. Right, in that situation, it is what do I need to be able to navigate this? Because the moment is that we start thinking about imposter, we're comparing ourselves to somebody else. And we live in a whole world full of comparison. That, oh, I want to be like that, or I want to be like him or her. Stop it. In fact, I heard Stephen Bartlett speak and some people said that they wanted to be just like him. You know, he is 30 years old, he's the youngest dragon, he's got millions in his account. And he said, you can't, you can't be like me. Because where I am and who I am is a sum total of my experiences, my failures, my trauma, all of those things have made me me. And if you're wanting to be like me, it's a waste of a life. Mm. And I, I say, be the best version of you. Don't try and be the next somebody. Be the first you. Yeah. There is nobody else like you. No. Be the first be you. Unique. Right. And For so, good or bad. That's it. Mm. But underneath the, the bad, however it is that's defined, that core essence of you, actually, I'm convinced, is made for success to serve and to help others. But you need to find that. So wow. yes, so my Sparkle powerful. soundtrack actually will be on sale this week. 
This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. Welcome back to the studio and my guest here at the moment is Carol Pike but a little bit of news for you about 1230 Women's Company. We have got our Christmas party coming up on the 6th of December. Um, and it's at the Odin, uh, it's not at the Odin, no, it's at the Hippodrome. <laughs> it's at the Hippodrome, I will not be at the Odin, it's at the Hippodrome in Leicester Square. And we've got three super people who are going to be there. Some of you will have already heard Pam on the show at uh, various times. Pam Ford, she's a comedian. Pam will be there. As will be Jo, who is a fantastic fine artist, and she will have some of her work there. Along with Anne, who is a fantastic singer, and she sings classical as well as jazz. And there will be a welcome glass of bubbly, whether that's alcoholic or not, for you when you come in, as well as a buffet. And we will be in what was originally the Boozy Tea Room, and is now called Permission, uh, we'll be in there to see Joe's amazing artwork and then we'll go through to the restaurant for our buffet and some more networking, which will overlook the casino. So that'll be a bit of fun as well. So that is on the 6th of December. But you must be really quick because we've got an early bird on it and also the deadline is set for bookings and this is set by the venue, this is set by the Hippodrome because obviously they need to get the food in as fresh as possible for us. Um, so the deadline is set for the 1st of December, so do be quick, don't miss out on that one. And as you know, we have our meetings monthly, so we'll kick start on the monthly lunchtime meetings in 2023. I mean, that sounds so grown up, doesn't it? 2023. Grown up, maybe it's not the right expression, but it sounds a bit futuristic. I don't know quite what it is. I don't know. It sounds a bit out there, doesn't it? It's a, how did that happen? <laughs> how are we in 2023 in a matter of weeks? I have no idea. I'm still trying to work out how November is finished. Yeah. And it's December this week. Yeah. Well, um, yes, it is, because I have to keep an eye on those dates for... First uh, of December being that deadline. So that voice that you heard there, in case you didn't hear before, that is Carol Pike, who's one of my guests today. And Annabel Kay will be joining us in approximately, let's just check the time. She will be joining, Annabel will join, ooh, gosh, time's moved on. She'll be joining us shortly after three o'clock, so do stay tuned in to listen for her. So, Carol. You were telling, telling us about these cards, which look amazing. Tell us some more about that. Where can people find you, first of all? Right. The best way to find me is I'm on all socials as Carol Pike. And because I'm special, it's Carol with an E, C-A-R-O-L-E, and Pike with a Y, P-Y-K-E. I mean, you'd expect nothing less. Absolutely. Yeah, very special. Very special. Um, yeah, so... So that's how they can find you. And tell us some more about these cards. Yeah, the, the Sparkle soundtrack. It's that whole idea that when you're playing something over and over again, you know when you come across your favourite tune 
and you just kind of keep it on repeat in your head. So the music isn't there, but in your head you're playing it over and over again. Our thoughts are a bit like that. We're, we're playing them over and over again. You know the ones that say, I'm not good enough. Now I can't do that because of X, Y, and Z. You know that I don't have the finances to do that. Oh, the last time I tried that, that didn't work. Yeah, I can't do that. And that thought that plays over and over again, our actions then go along with the thoughts. We have to believe it before it is that we do it. It's a bit like watching the jungle, isn't it, really? In those, all those things that they did, I wouldn't volunteer to do them. Mm. But if my life or somebody close to me's life depended on it, then I would go. Yeah. I, would, I think, um, and you would too, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think that whole thing is that. Yeah. So it's never that you can't do it. Mm. And I want, want to challenge everybody that's listening that whenever it is that you come up against something that it feels as though or it's saying that you can't, ask yourself the question, how can I? Because you may not be able to do it the way in which it is that you used to do it, the way in which it is that you'd really like to do it that way, or the way that somebody else is doing it. But how badly do you want to do it? Yeah. You know, I've got that whole kind of um, great example where I wanted to play tennis. I've got mobility issues. I'm not able to play able-bodied tennis. So therefore, I can't play tennis. It would have been nice if I could. If but there you go. <laughs> because the question wasn't, oh, or the statement wasn't, oh, no, it's really terrible. I can't think of all the problems that I have. I can't do that. It was, okay, I want to play tennis. How can I make it happen? And I found a club that does wheelchair tennis. I don't have a wheelchair, but they provide the wheelchair. And I found them because I had decided I wanted to, and there had to be a way, and what it was was that I needed to find it. And so similarly, wherever it is that you are, and whilst it is I don't know everybody's individual situation, I do know that there is more to you than you've currently settled for, and I do know that whatever it is that dream or that vision that's alive in your mind, it is still possible. And that your task, should you choose to accept it, your mission, <laughs> is to find a way to make it happen. And as we're coming to the end of the year, look back and leverage. Like look back on the journey is that you've traveled, the mistakes that happened, the things that didn't work, the relationships that fell apart or whatever. Look at those things as well as the good things and look at the lessons you have learned. Because I said to you, I've got 56 years of memory that currently does not exist. And I could tell you just how terrible that is. Because I had to learn to pull up my own panties, wipe my bottom, because I didn't have the memories. Mm. But as a result of that, I've got a fresh perspective on everything you bring me something and i guarantee you i can find you a way that you haven't seen it before yeah. the lesson the diamond in the middle of it all because mm. i'm not focused on the past or what's happened before so therefore everything's still possible yeah yeah i think um two two things or two words particularly spring to mind that i say to people really don't exist certainly in business and actually in life, as you've just expounded on. I mean, that's pretty powerful stuff, Carol. And one is can't, and we all know that's two words for those that are being pedantic, or more pedantic than me. <laughs> Actually, quick one there, interject. My mother said, well, can't just tumble down. Because 
before it was in the English dictionary with the apostrophe, cant actually means to lean. Right, okay. And so she used to say to me that there is no such word as can't. The word itself means you're going to fall over. Oh, right. Uh, wow, you heard it first here, along with Carol's mum. Um, so can't stroke can't and hope. Hope to me, it, you know, when people say, oh, well, I, um, I hope that this product's going to work. No, you've got to make it work. And also, I suppose to add into that mix is that word failure I failed and it's again just sort of touching a little bit on the things that you've mentioned Carol is the fact that there is no such thing as failure they're all learning experiences Mm. all learning experiences oh fabulous Jackie because hope I see it as being the wind beneath your sails is never a strategy so you totally 100% and then the, the whole thing about failure essentially is an outcome. You took an action and there is an outcome. So it, all it is is feedback. Right. And if you start to see the things that didn't work as being feedback, it's now giving you information to help you to s- succeed at whatever it was that you're trying for. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Wow, gosh, I bet you're all blown away there, listeners, aren't you? And so glad that we've had Carol on the show again today, because it's a long time. You came in the early days, didn't you? I was one of your first With Penny. Guests. With Penny Denby. Actually, I was one of... Uh, myself and Penny were actually on the first show. The first show. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's great. It's really, really, really good. Now, you started to tell us about... Well, you did tell us where people can find you, but how and where are they going to be able to find these cards? Right, well, by the end of the week, because I'm a little bit emotional at the moment. Yes, um, understandably. Right, that these will be available. So if you follow me on social media, follow me on Instagram, find me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, and you will know where it is that you can get these cards. They're essentially a powerful way to choreograph your walk through everyday life. Because we talk about affirmations, but we make affirmations and we look at it and think, well, actually, I I don't actually believe that. So we're saying that, you know, I am enough when actually the the story behind that is reinforcing all the reasons you're not. So you can say it all it is that you want, but it doesn't change anything. No, because if you don't feel... Yes, you have to change your mindset. And the whole idea of the Sparkle Soundtrack cards are to help you to make that shift so that you are creating the correct soil for your affirmations to work. Because if you start thinking that actually I'm supposed to be here, this is my truth. You may not like me. You may not agree with me, but that's okay. That doesn't change who it is that I am. You know, because I can, and you know, I can go anywhere and talk about God. And I'm not trying to beat anybody over the head with it. I'm actually not even trying to convert you. I am sharing with you my truth and you can do what it is that you want with it. And some of the challenges that we have is that we think, oh, if I say X, they're not going to like me because, you know, in this kind of environment, oh, that's not acceptable. But that's part of who you are. In fact, I challenge everybody to look in the mirror and see who's looking back. Like, say, for me, I look in the mirror. There is black. There is female. There is a child of God. There's a three-year-old. <laughs> there but is... you are potty trained. Yes. Yeah. I, I've worked it out now. Um, there is a woman over 50 and there's a woman, not a woman, there's some, a person over 50 and a person with disabilities. But no one 
of those elements leaves the house alone. They leave the house as Carol. So if you think about who you are when you look in the mirror and the different components, when you leave the house, you don't leave the house as any one of those. You leave the house as you. Mm. And the power comes where all of those elements come together. Mm. So wherever it is that you show up, you show up as you. But you need to be comfortable with that and to own that and to stand in that. Because I guarantee you, when you sparkle, know who you are, understand the value you bring to the table and show up unapologetically on purpose, magic happens. I can walk into any room and bear in mind I have memory issues so there are lots of things that I don't know but I can still walk into any room as though I am supposed to be there and I guarantee if you meet me you will actually never forget me I am quite literally unforgettable absolutely you are (laughs) but you have the power to be the same way too when it is you own your awesome like there's a word that I love that's called flawsome because we've all got flaws nobody's perfect so you've got flaws but you're awesome anyway and my definition of the word is you're awesome with flavor oh love it i love it choose your flavor (laughs) and carol is always better always telling me i'm awesome so that keeps me afloat so that's good so i've at least got one person who believes that (laughs) or two maybe and me on a good me on a good day so um, yeah that's cool carol that is such a powerful message for everybody um and i i know your your strength um in your belief in god and i'm and you know as you say not for everybody but there is some force out there um my it always brings to mind with my dad um my dad told his mum or his no actually his mum told him um that she would come back if there was an afterlife that she would come back and haunt him. <laughs> and he said to me, she hasn't been yet, but um, I dare say, I think, you know, in our memories, I've lost, like many people, I've lost my mum and dad, um, and those memories keep us going, don't they? The things that establish us, and the fact that we can sympathise with Carol because as much as we possibly can, because Carol's not got those memories, as she said. She is the most amazing, and trust me, she is the most amazing three-year-old, <laughs> um, potty-trained three-year-old, so that's okay. Um, and, and she just keeps, keep, how she keeps going, I really don't know at times, I really don't. 12.30 TWC, Business Beat Radio, Mondays 2 till 4pm UK time. Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes, for and from business women on all the socials, www.1230.co.uk at love to beat radio my name's Annabelle Kay and I run Coffee Clutch, is where I spend most of my time these days helping micropreneurs with contracts and GDPR compliance and generally giving themselves a bit of power at the point of contract, really, because we know that big businesses tend to somewhat bully little businesses and having a great contract and a bit of an Annabelle in your back pocket is a good way to start evening things up a little bit. So that keeps me busy. And as ever, the government drives me mad, keep changing the rules. Indeed they do. And um, just to say, first of all, how can people actually, um, where can they find you, Annabella? We'll move on to revisiting something that Carol was talking about in a moment, and then we'll come back to you if we may. So how can people find you? Best place by my website, which is all K's, Coffee Clutch, K-O-F-F, 
Perfetti, E-E-K-L-A-T-C-H, coffeeclutch.co.uk. Um, check out our blog, check out what we do, and check out our events. Though we haven't got any left this year because we're starting again in January because all our clients are on their knees anyway and life's too busy in December. So that's how the best way to find me or pick me up on LinkedIn where I'm there as Annabelle Kay as well as you can find my coffee clutch there. Excellent. Thank you very much for that. And um, tell us, you always have such a, when you come out on the show, which is always a joy, um, with information about the topics that you just uh, mentioned. But just a reminder, before we went into the adverts, um, Carol was saying uh, before we played the piece of music of her choice that she was saying it was something that her mum had chosen um, to, ha to have her leading out of the church in her coffin and Carol had just told us how she hasn't got 56 years of memory so just tell us Carol how did that remembering of your mum's music come to you when she was leading the church that time? I think one of the things that's really interesting that I'm discovering that memory, I'm, I'm trying to find another word for it because I get information. So I now have the information that that was the music that my mum left the church in, but it's not a memory because I have no connection to it. It's a bit like um, when we, we study history and you get dates and information that you now know, but you don't have a memory because you weren't there. It feels a lot like that in my world. And if you'd asked me this morning, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. But it was the fact that I was looking for a song to tell Jackie. And this is the 27th anniversary of my mum's death. And I'm immersed in the emotion of that. And then that information came. Yeah. And it didn't come as kind of a, a full thing because I didn't actually know that that was the name of the song until I Googled, thank you for the memories. Because I thought that that's what it was. Mm. And then I saw that and I thought, oh, it must be that one. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. How, how, in many ways, although that's a very emotional thing for you, um, it's quite fascinating how it works. Because I know you have sort of almost flashes of stuff, yeah. information coming to you over, over that period of time. But none of it has got joined up dots, has no. it? No. But also it's in context. So it was in the context of the fact that today was her anniversary and you asked me for music. Uh, if you'd asked me yesterday, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. Because right. I had no frame of reference for it, which actually so much of my life, no frame of reference mm. for things. And so I get information. So I was walking down the road and this man said hello to me. And um, I said hello. And he said, Carol. And because the look on my face said, I have no idea who you are. <laughs> and then he said to me, I met you in the Gambia. And in that moment, I knew I'd been to the Gambia. But I didn't know before that moment. Right. Okay. Okay. Wow, Annabelle, that's a bit powerful stuff, isn't it? I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to the show before you actually joined us today. What's happening in your world? And I was reading something that you um, are planning and providing for people about these changes with GDPR. So um, if I've I may have misunderstood it, so perhaps you can enlighten us as to what's actually happening and what you're doing about potential changes in this GDPR stuff. Well, it's been a busy year on that front, and it's not been the only thing that's been busy in the world of micropreneurs. 
because um, Europe updated its stuff last year. And in theory, last September, we should have done the same in relation to data we share across borders, either with Europe or America or Australia or anywhere you like. And, uh, but we didn't. We, we published our version of last September stuff this April. And it's just come into force, really. And of course, like everything else in the GDPR world, it causes chaos because it's not very easy to understand if you go and look at the raw material. Lots of people who, it's a bit like Chinese whispers data privacy. You know, if you bump into a bloke in the pub and he says, oh, this is what's going on, people believe that and then they act on it. And then, of course, they're getting a terrible muddle. So it's, it's basically not changing the principles, but changing the paperwork. And it sits within the framework of post-Brexit, we have to do stuff our way. But from the point of view of the immediate changes, it's mostly relabeling things that already existed with British labels. I mean, there is another round coming of doing it differently, but that's as far as we've got. And of course, if you are sharing data, if you've got a VA in France or a customer in France, and you are sharing data, even if you think you're not, you know, I always come across people who don't have any personal data or don't process it. But of course, if you're viewing someone else's email as their VA, um, you know, and you're not in the same country as them, you're doing cross-border data transfers. Mm. So, yeah, it's been busy. We, we've got all of those packs into all of our global contracts packs, and we're now sitting down to update the UK-only packs to reflect the new terminology. Not a lot's changed in that sense, but people get quite cross if they see a reference to something that's been superseded. Do you know how it goes? So... But the big problem, I think, that micropreneurs are having and have always had is that as the big companies tighten up their compliance, the fishers, the fraudsters and the scammers all kind of work down the food chain to the weakest link. And if that's you, you're going to get scammed. And I know that you've had nothing to do with GDPR, rather unfortunate experience yourself mm. uh, in relation to that. And you know how heavily targeted small businesses are. Mm. I know. I know, yeah, it's just, um, it's really interesting how these different changes are, but just to sort of touch on what you mentioned with my experience, and I don't know if you saw it, Carol, that I had my purse stolen recently. I did see it, and that's what I was referring to, yeah. but I didn't want to tell your story, you know? Yeah, I know, I was, I think my, my, thank you for that, my story, if you like, was, um, yeah, I had a fantastic meeting at Clockwise in Bromley, which is the old town hall there. And those of you that visit Bromley will know that for what seems like years, it was shrouded with sheets while they did lots of work and stuff going on there. Well, it's now open. They're having a big launch next year, but it's open with lots of co-working space. And I um, went to see Coral Westwood, who in fact was one of my guests in the uh, earlier times of the show, um, to, for, to be shown round. So anyway, so I trotted around, had a little look there. Our first Bromley meeting is actually going to be held in the, uh, in the building, which will be in January, third Wednesday. And so I came out hopping and skipping from that meeting because it's always a joy to see Coral went into Barclays Bank to get some cash because I was having my hair done on Saturday and my hairdressers, the lovely Trez in uh, Eden Park, they take only cash. They don't 
take any other uh, card payments or things. So I went into Barclays, get some cash, come out, go into Primark, have a little look around there, got some bits and pieces for the children for Christmas. Um, while I was stood looking at um, a, a clothing rack, I felt a knock. and I, um, So I looked down at my bag, which was, I have a zip that goes along the top, and it was half zipped. Um, and there was a woman nearby. But I thought, oh, okay, everything seems to be all right. Um, no other reason than that. Did the rest of my shopping, went to pay, no purse. So obviously that was a disastrous connection there. Um, so went along to the banks, etc. went to the police station, got all that done and everything else, and everybody was really, really helpful. Um, so my posting really, when I posted that to Facebook and now, is just to be a bit more conscious, perhaps, of our personal possessions while we're out, which ties up with your online message, Annabelle, how careful we need to be with that. Um, the In the police station, the officer there said to me that it is getting worse, and, of course, we're leading up to Christmas, and people are tight on and short of money, etc. It will get worse then. So my message is be careful about your personal possessions Physically, an animal's message is be careful about your possessions online, um, I believe. But also physically, GDPR is not just for online businesses. No. For example, had you had your phone stolen, mm. right? Not that I'm wishing this on you. Most no. of us who run a business have got a large number of contacts on our phone. Mm. That would be a massive data loss unless your phone was encrypted and no one could see all the data on it. And no encrypted doesn't mean got a password or a pin on it. So as we go into an era, shall we say, of petty crime rising, be aware of the fact that we all carry around valuables that contain business data that could trigger a data security breach if those valuables are stolen. Yes. Very, another thing for that list, isn't it? So, Annabelle, you mentioned about no encrypting is not about password and security. Could you just explain to us what encryption is and how we would do it? Remember, you've seen those movies about the Enigma machine, mm. right? That's what encryption is. So that you put a key in your data before it's sent. Well, not you, the encryption algorithm you use does it. And then only the person who's meant to see it can read it because only they've got the key. It's like the Enigma machine. So most people think when they password their their phone, for example, that, that somehow that secures the data, semi laptops. But depending on what platform you're on, and I wouldn't want to take up the whole radio show with that, <laughs> be aware of the fact a password is like having a locked front door. But if someone gets through that door, they can they can steal everything in your house. And that's how passwords work on your equipment. Encryption is they get through the door and they've got no idea where they are because they're completely in the dark and they can't see anything. That's a great description. I think that's really, really good. So they're not the same thing. So people no. always say to me, oh, but I've passworded it. Yeah, that's lovely. And the thing is, there are people running little algorithms and bots and things whose entire mission in life is to guess your password. Yeah. Yeah, and but if they do guess yeah. your password and the data is encrypted, they still can't see it. Yeah, that, that's a really important message, and it, it brings to mind 
for all sorts of reasons how my next door neighbours had their cars stolen from out the front um, on their drive and uh, I won't go into all the details of it but they had uh, CTV uh, cameras, security cameras inside where the um, burglars, although masked up, could actually physically be seen inside their house. And that, I found, was extremely alarming because we've been burgled, thankfully, touchwood, and I'm hanging on to it here. We're not lately, but when we were early days moved into where we are now, uh, we were burgled quite a lot. Um, but we didn't know who these people were. There was no face attached to them. But next-door neighbours had that. And I found that really unsettling. And I know my neighbour found it really distressing. Um, but they don't know how they got in. There were no marks on the outside door. And there was a porch and uh, a dory on the inside. How did they get in? They didn't know that. Same with me. Um, with not only did they steal my purse, but in the time that I had to wait in Barclays Bank to be seen, which I'm not very happy about, um, they actually went to three ATMs and took money out of my uh, account, out of my business account from there. How did they do that? How on earth did they manage to do that? I'm waiting to speak to my bank's fraud people who are apparently going to enlighten me as to how that actually happens. But it, it well, that's really... They always try and say, you must have shared your PIN number. Mm. You know, and I had a friend in business who had 60 grand disappear from her account, and the, the bank said, oh, no, you must have shared your PIN number and refused to reimburse. They nearly bankrupted the business, as you can imagine, because yeah. that was to pay suppliers and payroll and things. It wasn't that she had 60 grand she didn't need. Mm. Anyway... It turned out after like a year of hell that a, a number of people had had the same experience, not not attached to a lost card, mm. but an, it shall we say an electronic form, and that they actually had a dodgy pod on their end. And it was only when they all got together and started to sue the bank that they got a response. So the banks are all too keen to say you must have shared your pass, your PIN number or whatever. Mm. I have to say in my case it's extremely unlikely because I've never been able to remember what it was. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's... Uh, I've, uh, it's I mean, Carol has stroke brain, but I've got Annabelle brain, <laughs> and Annabelle brain doesn't remember any four sequences of numbers. Oh, really? So I would be completely incapable of sharing my PIN number with anyone. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, I, ha I, I have memorised my um, passcode for my bank app on my phone. Um, and which, you know, I was able to, when I went into NatWest Bank, um, we, we stopped the accounts, we stopped both the cards on the accounts um, there. But what, <laughs> what was even more alarming was the fact that whilst the staff there were immediate and really, really helpful, um, neither of us picked up the fact that this money had actually gone from the account because we were so absorbed in stopping it going any further um, I don't know but I think it is alarming um, these things people are getting much more clued up with the technology side of things but I think the emphasis on what you're saying Annabelle about encryption is, is really a vital one um, well of course the other problem is as a small business owner at this time of year you might have lots of customers you've just done a Black Friday sale with or a Christmas sale or you're planning January sales you're kind of data rich the way 
uh, stores in the old days used to be cash rich. There used to be a lot of cash at the tills, and there used to be a lot of store robberies. Yes. And now we're data rich, aren't we? And this is a really good time for data robbery. Yeah, no, it is, it is. I'm just, just looking at Carol, see if she's got any points to raise on that, but she's... I don't know, what, what are you looking at at the moment, Carol? She's <laughs> sitting there with her head down. I'm just in quiet reflection. Oh, quite, oh I like that. <laughs> You've knocked us all into action, both of you, so we've speedily got to go back and check all our security in, immediately in terms of encryption, I think. Uh, well, I don't think I know that everybody's got to raise that alarm in that sense. Carol's kick-started us all in our planning. What about planning for you, Annabelle? What's happening 2023? And it, it said, I said earlier in, in the show that to say 2023 feels so futuristic. How on earth are we weeks and days away from that? I don't know. Time takes on, darling, doesn't it? I don't know. It's just what it does. I know, but, but um, I remember all those songs you were in the year 2025, if man is still alive, and I'm thinking, well, well I might be. Yeah. Can't speak for the men in my life, but I might be. <laughs> but, uh, no, it does... I mean, I felt quite shocked when we changed the century, because, you know, all of my life it had been 19, this and 19, that took me quite a long time to get used to 20. Yeah. And obviously, it's not in the nature of things I'm going to see 21, 21, so... Um, I'm enjoying the, watching the, the single digits tick over. I know. It is, it is astounding, though, isn't it, really? So, Wondering how many double-digit tickovers I've got left, you know. <laughs> so what's happening with you for Christmas? Are you, um, with, are you all geared up? You said that your next event is in January, I think you said, didn't yeah. you? Well, yeah, because people are really busy with Christmas and about 80% of our customers are parents of young children, so they're knee-deep in carol shows, nativity shows, you know what I mean, Christmas shopping, yeah. getting together, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. But um, we have a really unpredictable Christmas this year through no fault of our own. I have two sons who were trying to sell a house and buy a house. Okay. So when the old kamikaze chancellor had a moment... What that meant was nobody knows if they're moving. We think they're not moving until January now. Right. But it's been a bit of now you see it, now you don't. Are we on, are we off? You know, yeah. it's it's been a very uncertain year for them. I think one, one are fairly confident that they will be moving in January, but they haven't exchanged. And the others have given up and gone away on holiday and told their buyer stroke, non-buyer stroke, whatever that they have now got no annual leave left to move in December, so if they do wake up and want to move, they need to do it in January. And I'm, I'm quite surrounded by people, both where I am and in my family, who were trying to move house, who've been completely kiboshed by all of this. Yes, yeah. I mean, it, house moving is not easy, is it? You know that, because no. it doesn't seem so long ago that you'd, you'd made such a, a big change yourself. Yeah, well, we moved at the back end of lockdown, which was fun, <laughs> but our problems were logistical, getting people to do stuff, you know. Mm. Um, we weren't in sort of quantum uncertainty about how much our mortgage would cost when we moved or how much, you know what I mean? This is a new level of uncertainty because there are people who could exchange today who've done all the mechanics that were driving us, ma'am, 
who aren't because they they're waiting to hear is is my mortgage going up by 500 a month or what yeah you know um and I've, I've got a feeling, and I don't want to depress anyone, but this kind of systemic uncertainty is going to pobble on for a couple of years. Mm. And, and I know you want me to say it'll be fine in January and we'll all be lovely and da-da-da. But I think when you have a massive holics like that, I mean, it's like if you totally screwed up your own domestic finances, if you've ever been seriously in debt, it takes about two or three years to sort yourself out. Mm. You, you don't just go back to getting paid and then you... All of your debts are paid. You have to prioritise what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, what do you now need to buy that you could never buy before? Because some things you need to work and others are just optional. Kids grow out of shoes. That's always on the list. And when you fly up an economy like that, for whatever reason, let's not go there on the multiple reasons for this one. It's not a 10-minute job. No. You know, it's going to take two or three years for the last ripples of this. Mm. To, to work through the pool, assuming no fool throws another large rock in it. Well, I mean, with, on, on a personal front, we are, um, on our gas and electricity, we've got dual fuel, and we're contracted to um, April, um, which, you know, it, by comparison to some people, we're very lucky in that sense. But come April, who, who knows what's going to be happening in the world? Yeah, and that affects business, because... If you've got any sense, I mean, some people, my dad was a man of no sense as far as that went, but he had a lot of sense as far as other things go. And he used to say to me, inflation, he grew up in, in the interwar period with hyperinflation, you know, a bit like they've got in Argentina at the moment, 75%. You think we've got troubles. Yeah. yeah. So he used to spend all his money as fast as he got it because he would say, people can't get it back off you if you've spent it. And he didn't spend it on things, he spent it on experiences because his theory was the bailiffs couldn't get back for me last year's holiday. Right, okay. <laughs> that was his answer. That's an interesting Not... thought, that one. <laughs> so I think, I think when the baby and the bathwater go out and there's nothing you can do to control your finances, it's tempting to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, and go, well, I might as well party on, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Yeah. The problem is, of course, if you don't die, you're broke. Yeah. And so you've, you've got to balance living your life today, having a life, not dying of hypothermia tonight if the frost comes in, with the fact that you've got to have money to pay your bills in April. And it's very, very difficult. And, of course, it mucks up small business on the high street because what happens is, apart from people like my dad... We just spend all their money and think, sod it. Most of us hold back our discretionary spend, don't we? Yeah. We we go, I'm not going to buy that new car yet. I'm not going to buy that um, new frock. I've got a frock that will do. And it trickles down into a negative economy of because nobody's spending any money, nobody's got any money, so then people yeah. have to spend even less money. Yeah. And in the 30s, that resulted in what was called the Great Depression. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's a fine balance between being sensible with your money and actually creating a crisis. Yeah, it's just a vicious and I circle, think it's, isn't it? It's a balance that the Chancellor of the Exchequer has to do on a kind of national level. And it's very interesting that we still have a large number of citizens who feel that we should pay very little tax but have tons of services. Yeah. Which is a bit like having a customer who says, I want to pay you 10 pence to join 12.30... I want to pay 10 pence for the lunch, but by the way, I think this lunch is rubbish. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. we seem to live in a slightly delusional time 
um, where everything's so polarised and everyone's against everything and everyone feels ferociously that things are not as they should be. But sound economic policy, either personal, business or national or even global, can't really be arrived at by screaming abuse at each other and everybody claiming that someone else should pay the bill. 12.30 TWC, Business Beat Radio, Mondays 2 till 4pm UK time. Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes, for and from business women. You On must all never the socials, www.1230.co.uk no, no, no. at Love to oh, Beat you know, Radio. When a lady from Nebraska's at a party in Alaska, she must never do a tango with an Eskimo. You can do it with a Latin from a to Manhattan, you can do it with a gaucho in Brazil. But if once those Eskimoses start to wiggle with their toeses, you can bet your life you're gonna get a chill. You can never do a tango with an Eskimo. No, no, no. Oh, dear, no. If you do, you'll get the breeze up and you'll end up with the freeze up. You must never do a tango with an Eskimo. No, 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 no. You can do it with a sailor from Peru to Venezuela. You can do it with a pastures in Peru. But if once an Eskimosi starts to cuddle up so cozy, you'll find your passion cooling, yes, siree. You can never do a tango with an Eskimo. No, no, no. You do, you'll get the breeze up and you'll end up with a freeze up. You must never do a tango with an Eskimo. No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. Never do a tango with an Eskimo. No, no, no. This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. Annabelle, are you there? I'm here. Wonderful. Well, we just played your choice of music. Um, I don't know if you were able to hear it, but for our listeners, it was Never Do a Tango with an Eskimo. By the glorious, those of us a certain age remember, Al McCogan. And Carol said, why? <laughs> <laughs> so let's, first of all, Annabelle, um, our regular listeners will know you, but our new people, if you'd like to introduce yourself first of all, and we'll revisit the Eskimos in a moment. Yeah, my name's Annabelle Kay, and I run Coffee Clutch, which is where I spend most of my time these days, helping micropreneurs with contracts and GDPR compliance, and generally giving themselves a bit of power at the point of contract, really. As we know that big businesses tend to somewhat bully little businesses and having a great contract and a bit of an Annabelle in your back pocket is a good way to start evening things up a little bit. So that keeps me busy. And as ever, the government drives me mad, keep changing the rules. Indeed they do. And um, just 
to say first of all, how can people actually, um, where can they find you, Annabella? We'll move on to revisiting something that Carol was talking about in a moment, and then we'll come back to you if we may. So, how can people find you? First place by my website, which is all K's Coffee Clatch K O F F for Freddie E E K L A T C H Coffee Clatch dot co dot uk. Um, check out our blog. Check out what we do, and check out our events. Though we haven't got any left this year because we're starting again in January because all our clients are on their knees anyway, and life's too busy in December. So that's how the best way to find me or pick me up on LinkedIn where I'm there as Annabelle Kay, as well as you can find my coffee clutch there. Excellent. Thank you very much for that. And um, tell, tell us, you always have such a, when you come out on the show, which is always a joy, um, with information about the topics that you just uh, mentioned, but your music is wide and varied and leaves us with a song, uh, literally a song in our hearts. So never do a tango with an Eskimo. What made you think of that one? Well, I, I think it's a really funny song. I was cold when I chose it, so maybe I was thinking about Eskimos. <laughs> I was wearing my nanook, as I call it, my kind of furry thing with the hood and woolly slippers in the house, aren't we all at the moment? Yeah. And um, I like it. And, you know, I've got quite um, what they call an eclectic taste in music. Yeah. I'm always phased when people say to me, what kind of music do you like? I'm like, well, I like all good music, mm. you know. I couldn't really say, oh, I only like R&B or I'm into 70s pop or classical music. I like a wide range, but I like things that either make me laugh or move me emotionally or are great to dance to. Mm. So that gives you a lot of choice, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And I was actually saying that to, to Carol, what a wide um, girth, if you like, of, of choices you've actually brought to the shows that we've had. And just to remind people, we are broadcasting here from Penge High Street, South East London, on Love to Beat radio station. And I'm Jackie Groundsell. My business is 12.30, the women's company, and we do lunchtime networking for effective business women. And just a reminder that our Christmas party is on the 6th of December. Now, I know there's a special day for you after that, Annabelle, so we'll revisit that in a moment. But just a reminder... Before we went into the adverts, um, Carol was saying, uh, before we played the piece of music of her choice, that she was saying it was something that her mum had chosen um, to, to have her leading out of the church in her coffin. And Carol had just told us how she hasn't got 56 years of memory. So just tell us, Carol, how did that remembering of your mum's music come to you when she was leaving the church that time? I think one of the things that's really interesting that I'm discovering that memory, I'm, I'm trying to find another word for it because I get information. So I now have the information that that was the music that my mum left the church in, but it's not a memory because I have no connection to it. It's a bit like um, when we, we study history and you get dates and information that you now know, but you don't have a memory because you weren't there. It feels a lot like that in my world. And if you'd asked me this morning, I wouldn't have been able to tell you, but it was the fact that I was looking for a song to tell Jackie, and this is the 27th anniversary of my mum's death, and I'm immersed in the emotion of that, and then that information came. 
Yeah. And it didn't come as kind of a, a full thing because I didn't actually know that that was the name of the song until I Googled Thank You For The Memories because I thought that that's what it was. Mm. And then I saw that and I thought, oh, it must be that one. Oh, right. Okay, okay. How, how, in many ways, although that's a very emotional thing for you, um, it's quite fascinating how it works because I know you have sort of almost flashes of stuff yeah. information coming to you over over that period of time but none of it has got joined up dots has no. it but also it's in context mm. so it was in the context of the fact that today was her anniversary and you asked me for music uh, if you'd asked me yesterday i wouldn't have been able to tell you right because i had no frame of reference for it which actually so much of my life no frame of reference mm. for things and so i get information so i was walking down the road and this man said hello to me and um, I said hello and he said Carol and because the look on my face said I have no idea who you are <laughs> and then he said to me I met you in the Gambia and in that moment I knew I'd been to the Gambia but I didn't know before that moment right okay okay wow Annabelle that's a bit powerful stuff isn't it I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to the show before you actually joined us today um, no, I was running a bit late, for which I apologise, but... Um, oh, no, you're I all right for us. Skidded to a halt and kind of turned <laughs> on, and there I was. <laughs> I was moving garden furniture out the way so that people could lay patios. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to seeing all the photographs of the finished result. I've seen some of them already, actually, on Facebook. So... But it's kind of set in real real life. <laughs> when, when I was... Uh, chatting with you and saying to you was there something particularly that you would like to mention today on the show uh, I quote as long as it's not football <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and I know I know the reason for that because uh, that uh, sort of stems deeply with your dad doesn't it yeah my dad was football crazy he he played for a professional team as a young man and then it all got interrupted by World War Two. Um, so, yeah, that was a long time ago. And he watched football whenever it was on the television. And in those days, I think we had two channels. We might not even have yeah. had two. Um, but TV and BBC. Yeah, but I remember ITV being used. So I think I don't oh. even remember that we had that. But I do remember that as the, quote, man of the house, he, of course, chose what people watched on the one television we had, and that was football. Uh, and if it wasn't football, it was any form of sport. My dad would watch ice fishing in Alaska, if you ask me, <laughs> and probably did. And um, my memories of sort of Saturday in the winter when, you know, it was cold and we didn't really want to play outside, it was always, shh. Your father's watching the football. Yeah. And I remember him sitting on the sofa, and my mum, who worked full-time, by the way, hoovering the house top to bottom, and him just lifting up his feet so she could hoover underneath <laughs> it, as long as he, she didn't get between him and the screen. And it didn't give me a, a positive feeling about football. I, I felt that it was yeah. an unnecessary intrusion in my life, and the truth is more than half a century later i still feel the same way yeah and i, I guess so many of us actually can tune into that because i i remember my dad you know my dad was sort of quite active but didn't play football and stuff but um i can remember that the 
Hoover. Isn't it funny how we refer to the vacuum as a Hoover? Um, and it was in Power those branding. days, wasn't it? Mm. Always was. So, so what's happening in your world? And I was reading something that you um, are planning and providing for people about these changes with GDPR. So, um, if I I may have misunderstood it, so perhaps you can enlighten us as to what's actually happening and what you're doing about potential changes in this GDPR stuff. Well, it's been a busy year on that front, and it's not been the only thing that's been busy in the world of micropreneurs, because um, Europe updated its stuff last year, and in theory, last September, we should have done the same in relation to data we share across borders, either with Europe or America or Australia or anywhere you like. And, uh, but we didn't. We, we published our version of last September stuff this April. And it's just come into force, really. And of course, like everything else in the GDPR world, it causes chaos because it's not very easy to understand if you go and look at the raw material. Lots of people who, it's a bit like Chinese whispers data privacy. You know, if you bump into a bloke in the pub and he says, oh, this is what's going on, people believe that and then they act on it. And then, of course, they're getting a terrible muddle. So it's, it's basically not changing the principles, but changing the paperwork. And it sits within the framework of post-Brexit, we have to do stuff our way. But from the point of view of the immediate changes, it's mostly relabeling things that already existed with British labels. I mean, there is another round coming of doing it differently, but that's as far as we've got. And of course, if you are sharing data, if you've got a VA in France or a customer in France, and you are sharing data, even if you think you're not, you know, I always come across people that don't have any personal data or don't process it. But of course, if you're viewing someone else's email as their VA, um, you know, and you're not in the same country as them, you're doing cross-border data transfers. Mm. So, yeah, it's been busy. We, we've got all of those packs into all of our global contracts packs, and we're now sitting down to update the UK-only packs to reflect the new terminology. Not a lot's changed in that sense, but people get quite cross if they see a reference to something that's been superseded. Do you know how it goes? So... But the big problem, I think, that micropreneurs are having and have always had is that as the big companies tighten up their compliance, the fishers, the fraudsters and the scammers all kind of work down the food chain to the weakest link. And if that's you, you're going to get scammed. And I know that you've had nothing to do with GDPR, rather unfortunate experience yourself mm. uh, in relation to that. And you know how heavily targeted small businesses are. Mm. I know, I know, yeah, it's just, um, it's really interesting how these different changes are, but just to sort of touch on what you mentioned with my experience, and I don't know if you saw it, Carol, that I had my purse stolen recently. I did see, and that's what I was referring to, yeah. but I didn't want to tell your story, you know? Yeah, I know, I was, I think my, my, thank you for that, my story, if you like, was, um, yeah, I had a fantastic meeting at Clockwise in Bromley, which is the old town hall there. And those of you that visit Bromley will know that for what seems like years, it was shrouded with sheets while they did lots of work and stuff going on there. Well, it's now open. They're having a big launch next year, but it's open with lots of co-working space. 
And I um, went to see Coral Westwood, who in fact was one of my guests in the uh, earlier times of the show, um, for to be shown round. So anyway, so I trotted round, had a little look there. Our first Bromley meeting is actually going to be held in the uh, in the building, which will be in January, third Wednesday. And so I came out hopping and skipping from that meeting because it's always a joy to see Coral. Went into Barclays Bank to get some cash because I was having my hair done on Saturday and my hairdressers, the lovely Trez in uh, Eden Park, they take only cash. They don't take any other uh, card payments or things. So I went into Barclays, get some cash, come out, go into Primark, have a little look around there because bits and pieces for the children for Christmas. Um, while I was stood looking at um, a, a clothing rack, I felt a knock. and I, um, So I looked down at my bag, which was, I have a zip that goes along the top, and it was half zipped, um, and there was a woman nearby. But I thought, well, oh, okay, everything seems to be all right. Um, no other reason than that. Did the rest of my shopping, went to pay, no purse. So obviously that was a disastrous connection there um, so went along to the banks etc went to the police station got all that done and everything else and everybody was really really helpful um, so my posting really when I posted that to Facebook and now is just to be a bit more conscious perhaps of our personal possessions while we're out which ties up with your online message Annabelle how careful we need to be with that um, the, in the police station, the officer there said to me that it is getting worse and, of course, we're leading up to Christmas and people are tight on and short of money, etc. It will get worse then. So my message is be careful about your personal possessions physically and Animal's message is be careful about your possessions online, um, I believe. What was that physically? GDPR is not just for online businesses. No. For example, had you had your phone stolen mm. right not that i'm wishing this on you most yeah. of us who run a business have got a large number of contacts on our phone mm. that would be a massive data loss unless your phone was encrypted and no one could see all the data on it and no encrypted doesn't mean got a password or a pin on it so as we go into an era shall we say a petty crime rising be aware of the fact that we all carry around valuables that contain business data that could trigger a data security breach if those valuables are stolen. Yes, very another thing for that list, isn't it? So, Annabelle, you mentioned about no encrypting is not about password and security. Could you just explain to us what encryption is and how we would do it? Remember, you've all seen those movies about the Enigma machine. Mm. Right, that's what encryption is. So that you put a key in your data before it's sent. Well, not you, the encryption algorithm you use does it. And then only the person who's meant to see it can read it because only they've got the key. It's like the Enigma machine. So most people think when they password their, their phone, for example, that, that somehow that secures the data. Same with laptops. But depending on what platform you're on, and I wouldn't want to take up the whole radio show with that, <laughs> be aware of the fact a password is like having a locked front door. But if someone gets through that door, they can, they can steal everything in your house. And that's how passwords work on your equipment. 
encryption is they get through the door and they've got no idea where they are because they're completely in the dark and they can't see anything. That's a great description. I think that's really, really good. So they're not the same thing. So people no. always say to me, oh, but I've passworded it. Yeah, that's lovely. And the thing is, there are people running little algorithms and bots and things whose entire mission in life is to guess your password. Yeah. Yeah, but if they do guess yeah. your password and the data is encrypted, they still can't see it. Yeah, that, that's a really important message, and it, it brings to mind, for all sorts of reasons, how my next door neighbours had their cars stolen from out the front um, on their drive, and uh, I won't go into all the details of it. But they had uh, CTV uh, cameras, security cameras inside, where the um, burglars, although masked up, could actually physically be seen inside their house. And that, I found, was extremely alarming because we've been burgled, thankfully, touch wood, and I'm hanging on to it here. We're not lately, but when we were early days moved into where we are now, uh, we were burgled quite a lot. Um, but we didn't know who these people were. There was no face attached to them. Next door neighbours had that, and I found that really unsettling. And I know my neighbour found it really distressing, um, but they don't know how they got in. There were no marks on the outside door, and there was a porch and uh, a dory on the inside. How did they get in? They didn't know that. Same with me. Um, with not only did they steal my purse, but in the time that I had to wait in Barclays Bank to be seen, which I'm not very happy about. Um, they actually went to three ATMs and took money out of my uh, account, out of my business account from there. How did they do that? How on earth did they manage to do that? I'm waiting to speak to uh, my bank's fraud people who are apparently going to enlighten me as to how that actually happens. But it, it the Well, that's thing. really... They always try and say, you must have shared your PIN number. You know, and I had a friend in business who had 60 grand disappear from her account and the, the bank said, oh, no, you must have shared your PIN number and refused to reimburse. And nearly bankrupted the business, as you can imagine, because yeah. that was to pay suppliers and payroll and things. It wasn't that she had 60 grand she didn't need. Mm. Anyway, it turned out after like a year of hell that a, a number of people had had the same experience, not not attached to a lost card, mm. but an, it, shall we say an electronic form. And that they actually had a dodgy pod on their end. And it was only when they all got together and started to sue the bank that they got a response. So the banks are all too keen to say you must have shared your pass, your PIN number or whatever. Mm. I have to say, in my case, it's extremely unlikely because I've never been able to remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Uh... I've, uh, it's, I mean, Carol has stroke brain, but I've got Annabelle brain. <laughs> and Annabelle brain doesn't remember any four sequences of numbers. Oh, really? So I would be completely incapable of sharing my PIN number with anyone. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I, ha I, I have memorised my um, passcode for my bank app on my phone. Um, and which, you know, I was able to, when I went into NatWest Bank, um, we, we stopped the accounts, we stopped both the cards on the accounts um, there. But what <laughs> what was even more alarming was the fact that whilst the staff there were immediate and really, really helpful, um, neither of us picked up the fact that 
this money had actually gone from the account because we were so absorbed in stopping it going any further. Um, I don't know. But I think it, it is alarming. Um, these things, people are getting much more clued up with the technology side of things. But I think the emphasis on what you're saying, Annabelle, about encryption is, is really a vital one. Um, well, of course, the other problem is, as a small business owner, at this time of year, you might have lots of customers you've just done a Black Friday sale with or a Christmas sale, or you're planning your January sales. You're kind of data rich. The way uh, stores in the old days used to be cash rich, there used to be a lot of cash at the tills, and there used to be a lot of store robberies. Yes. And now we're data rich, aren't we? And this is a really good time for data robbery. Yeah, no, it is, it is. I'm just, just looking at Carol, see if she's got any points to raise on that, but she's... I don't know, what, what are you looking at at the moment, Carol? She's a, <laughs> sitting there with her head down. I'm just in quiet reflection. Oh, quite, oh I like that. <laughs> You've knocked us all into action, both of you, so we've speedily got to go back and check all our security in, immediately in terms of encryption, I think. Uh, well, I don't think I know that everybody's got to raise that alarm in that sense. Carol's kick-started us all in our planning. What about planning for you, Annabelle? What's happening 2023? And it said, I said earlier in, in the show that to say 2023 feels so futuristic. How on earth are we weeks and days away from that? I don't know. Time takes on, darling, doesn't it? I don't know. It's just what it does. I um, I remember all those songs you were in the year 2025, if man is still alive, and I'm thinking, well, well, I might be. Can't speak for the men in my life, but I might be. (laughs) But, uh, no, it does... I mean, I felt quite shocked when we changed the century, because, you know, all of my life it had been 19, this and 19, that took me quite a long time to get used to 20. And obviously it's not in the nature of things I'm going to see 21, 21, so... Um, I'm enjoying the, watching the, the single digits tick over. I know. It is, it is astounding, though, isn't it, really? so. Wondering how many double-digit tickovers I've got left, you know. <laughs> so what's happening with you for Christmas? Are you, um, with, you all geared up? You said that your next event is in January, I think you said, didn't yeah. you? Well, yeah, because people are really busy with Christmas and about 80% of our customers are parents of young children, so they're knee-deep in carol shows, nativity shows, you know what I mean, Christmas shopping, yeah. getting together, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. But um, we have a really unpredictable Christmas this year through no fault of our own. I have two sons who were trying to sell a house and buy a house. Okay. So when the old kamikaze chancellor had a moment... What that meant was nobody knows if they're moving. We think they're not moving until January now. But it's been a bit of now you see it, now you don't. Are we on, are we off? You know, it's it's been a very uncertain year for them. I think one one are fairly confident that they will be moving in January, but they haven't exchanged. And the others have given up and gone away on holiday and told their buyer stroke, non-buyer stroke, whatever that they have now got no annual leave left to move in December, so if they do wake up and want to move, they need to do it in January. And I'm I'm quite surrounded by people, both where I am and in my family, who were trying to move house, who've been completely kiboshed by all of this. Yes. 
Yeah, I mean, it, house moving is not easy, is it? You know that, because no. it doesn't seem so long ago that you you made such a, a big change yourself. Yeah, well, we moved at the back end of lockdown, which was fun. <laughs> but our problems were logistical, getting people to do stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, we weren't in sort of quantum uncertainty about how much our mortgage would cost when we moved or how much... You know what I mean? This is a new level of uncertainty, because there were people who could exchange today, who've done all the mechanics that were driving us now, who aren't because they, they're waiting to hear, is, is my mortgage going up by 500 a month or what? Yeah. You know. Um, and I've, I've got a feeling, and I don't want to depress anyone, but this kind of systemic uncertainty is going to poddle on for a couple of years. Mm. And, and I know you want me to say it'll be fine in January and we'll all be lovely and da-da-da. But I think when you have a massive holic like that, I mean, it's like if you totally screwed up your own domestic finances, if you've ever been seriously in debt, it takes about two or three years to sort yourself out. Mm. You, you don't just go back to getting paid and then you, all of your debts are paid. You have to prioritise what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, what do you now need to buy that you could never buy before because some things you need to work and others are just optional. Kids grow out of shoes, that's always on the list. And when you fly up an economy like that, for whatever reason, let's not go there on the multiple reasons for this one, it's not a 10-minute job. No. You know, it's going to take two or three years for the last ripples of this mm. to, to work through the pool, assuming no fool throws another large rock in it. Well, I mean, with, on, on a personal front, we are, um, on our gas and electricity, we've got dual fuel, and we're contracted to um, April, um, which, you know, by comparison to some people, we're very lucky in that sense. But come April, who knows what's going to be happening in the world? Yeah, and that affects business because if you've got any sense... I mean, some people... My dad was a man of no sense as far as that went, but he had a lot of sense as far as other things go. And he used to say to me, inflation... He grew up in, in the interwar period with hyperinflation. You know, a bit like they've got in Argentina at the moment, 75%. You think we got troubles? Yeah. yeah. So he used to spend all his money as fast as he got it because he would say, people can't get it back off you if you've spent it. And he didn't spend it on things, he spent it on experiences because his theory was the bailiffs couldn't get back for me last year's holiday. Right, OK. <laughs> That was his answer. That's an interesting Not, thought, that one. <laughs> so I think I think when the baby in the bathwater go out and there's nothing you can do to control your finances, it's tempting to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, and go, well, I might as well party on, eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow we die. Yeah. The problem is, of course, if you don't die, you're broke. Yeah. And so... You've, you've got to balance living your life today, having a life, not dying of hypothermia tonight if the frost comes in, with the fact that you've got to have money to pay your bills in April. And it's very, very difficult. And, of course, it mucks up small business on the high street because what happens is, apart from people like my dad, who just spend all their money and think, sod it, most of us hold back our discretionary spend, don't we? Yeah. We, we go, I'm not going to buy that new car yet. I'm not going to buy that. Um, new frock, I've got a frock that will do. And it trickles down into a negative economy of because nobody's spending any money, nobody's got any money, so then people yeah. have to spend even less money. Yeah. And in the 30s, that resulted in what was called the Great Depression. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just... And so it's a fine balance between being sensible with your money and actually creating a crisis. Yeah, it's just a vicious circle, it's... isn't it? 
it's a balance that the Chancellor of the Exchequer has to do on a kind of national level. And it's very interesting that we still have a large number of citizens who feel that we should pay very little tax but have tons of services. Yeah. Which is a bit like having a customer who says, I want to pay you 10 pence to join 12.30. I want to pay 10 pence for the lunch. But by the way, I think this lunch is rubbish. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. we seem to live in a slightly delusional time um, where everything's so polarised and everyone's against everything and everyone feels ferociously that things are not as they should be. But sound economic policy, either personal, business or national or even global, can't really be arrived at by screaming abuse at each other and everybody claiming that someone else should pay the bill. 12.30 TWC, Business Beat Radio, Mondays 2 till 4pm UK time. Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes, for and from businesswomen. On all the socials, www.1230.co.uk at Love to Beat Radio. Hi, um, we've had a, a few techno issues and unusually for me, I'm a bit quiet, so bear with us, all will be good in future. And we're back in the studio with my two super guests, Miss Carol Spike and Annabel Kay. And I was just saying to Carol, I've got such a great list of bits of music and tapes that you saw on that, it sounds like they've been to play. Um, and Carol said, Annabel and Carol and Jackie growing up, so let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's not going to happen. <laughs> As your birthday's the day after, but when I was chatting about it, I said to you, I, I need to um, find out what, if anything, is being done about my birthday, because although it's not a decade changer, it's one that used to be significant, even though they keep moving dates and years and all the rest of it. So I'm waiting to see if my family are going for a surprise me, which in the middle of the game of who is or is not moving house, who is or is not in the country, is getting incredibly complicated. I may just lie down and drink gin, darling. I don't know. I was drinking it before it was fashionable, and I shall be drinking it after it's fashionable. I don't take much notice of that sort of thing. I was going to say fashionable. Um, yeah, fashion, yeah, what, what's that got to do with anything, you know? Um, I mean, I do appreciate that things get more popular and less popular, but if you like a drink, you're not going to get wake up one morning and go, oh, my goodness, the wrong demographic's drinking this, I'm going to have to quit. Do you have a favourite flavour at the moment with gin, or, or you still say, um, what are you at the moment? Well... I like, you know, the artisanal gins. I don't like the fruity and sweet ones very much. I don't have a fruity, sweet palate. The best 
gin I ever had was the gin from Hong Kong that I got through the Craft Gin Club, which is way above my price range at the moment. And also with all the ups and downs of what's going on in China and Hong Kong, I'm, I'm not going to be getting a lot from China in the immediate future, I don't think. So I just worked my way through. There's quite a lot of nice Wiltshire gins. There's one made at the, the physical location where Downton Abbey was filmed. I've forgotten the name of it. That was a great gin. And that you can actually go and refill the bottle, which would have been a brilliant idea, except that I managed to recycle the bottle in a moment of efficiency. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> I've got quite a little supply because people tend to bring me gin as presents, and I don't actually drink a litre of gin every time I meet a friend. <laughs> so I've probably got about a nine-month supply of gin in the house, so I'll let you know how it goes. But although I love my gin... I like one perfect gin and tonic. You know, I'm not one of those people that wants to drink like a litre of gin or, you know, I'd, I'd rather have one really great drink than five really ch cheap ones, you know? Uh, oh, well, uh, she's from Carol. Why don't we go and visit Annabelle? We know she's got nine months of should come together. Just bring tonic. I'm always running out of tonic. Oh. I went to a pub the other day and ordered the gin and tonic, and they came back with the gin, and they said, I haven't got any tonic. I've never been to a tonic-free pub before. That was the first. So they looked at me and said, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'd better drink it neat then, just like they do in the next <laughs> thing. So how, how is life now, just for our listeners? Annabelle, um, you're still working for not quite 18 months, but more than a year. We moved at the back end of June last year. So, you know, we're, we're coming up to 18 months. Well, life here is very busy. It's actually between working from home with all of that involves and you and I and Cameron know all about that. And then working from the home that you'll be decorating is probably not the best of plans. And then Devizes itself has is, is got a staggering number, it's a bit like Beckenham, of local festivals, independent shops. Um, you find a lot of it very familiar, you know, lots of indie shops, lots of arts festivals, lots of things going on. It's actually quite hard to leave town because there's so, so much happening. So occasionally we make it out to Avery or Marlborough, go wild. I haven't even made it to Swindon yet. Um, I, drop, I haven't been to Bath. I went to Bath more often when I lived in London than I do here. And that's like where we'd go for high art, you know, opera and stuff like that. Um, and architecture. No, it's got more listed buildings than any other town in the country. Um, it's got medieval, Georgian, Victorian, I don't know what. There's a lot of architecture, but obviously when you keep seeing the same architecture, you go off it even though there's nothing wrong with it because you saw it yesterday. So I've nipped up to London a couple of times on the on the train from a, a wonderfully named place called Hughesley, mostly to see grandson, you know. Um, I'm very happy to be rusticated. I miss you, you know. Um, we, I did go to a, a women's network thing in, where did I go, Chippenham, which is actually a place. Because for a long time I thought it was the name of a circus, it confused me. Um, and actually it's got an impenetrable one-way system, which you do go round and round. So in the technical sense of a circus being a circle that you have to go round and round, Chippenham is a circus. But, um, you know, there, there is local business networking. But I think... 
the main difference I've noticed so far, and I haven't done a lot of it, is many of the businesses locally are therapy-based or craft-based. Um, and I think that's probably an increasing trend, so you, you, you kind of don't bump into um, quite as big a range, but that might be that I just haven't found my spot, darling. And a big uptick in menopause coaches um, and um, charmingly pitching to me and I don't quite know how to tell them, darling, you've left us a little late. Well, I love a bit of feed, definitely. Always happy to listen to the owner. Oh, don't be playing what I said about football then, will you? No. find me on all socials as carol pike and as i said i'm special 
So it's Carol with an E and Pike with a Y. C-A-R-O-L-E-P-Y-K-E. And also at wordsthatdeliver.com. Oh, you can find me through my website, coffeeclatch.co.uk. That's one K, two F's for Freddie, and two E's in the middle, and then another K, coffeeclatch.co.uk. Or you can find me on LinkedIn, lots of people do, under Annabelle K. Um, I'm on lots of other places too, but life is short, and I'm beginning to be hit from 98,000 directions by social media. So uh, be patient with me. Um, hit me up on LinkedIn or via my website. Uh, somebody, well, Dunnish Gatehouse is a beautiful little building anyway, yeah. isn't it? So. Wow. <clears throat> oh, wow. I'm only three and a half. Can I go?
This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio. Mondays 2 till 4 p.m. UK time. Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes for and from business women on all the socials. www.1230.co.uk at Love to Beat Radio. This 